0: It's Oklahoma Archery. Everything archery based out of Oklahoma for Oklahoma. Let's get it started. Hello everybody. We are here for another great and fun and entertaining Oklahoma Archery podcast. I'm David Bosca. I'm Neil Cooley. And we have got a guest today. I think everyone will be looking forward to to hearing some of the questions we have um for him uh neil bring him on in let's just get started
1: well guys we got a local oklahoma here we got mr chad hilburn he's been absolutely tearing it up this year at the asa shooting in the senior known pro division and uh even he, he made a little bit of noise over the weekend
2: chad jump in chad? and say hi how's it going guys i'm i'm sorry I, I don't want to jump on Neil's toes or anything, you know. So, no, it's fine. Don't worry thing about it. But no, I, I had a great weekend. I, you know, I've been at this game for over twenty years, and you know, you're always looking to win at the highest level, and it's it's nice to finally finally get it done.
0: Well, Chad, let's start off with um, you telling everyone about your equipment. Let let's start with that. Um, I've been shooting elite bows for the
2: last couple years. I'm currently shooting an elite verdict at 65 pounds. I have roughly a 30 inch draw. Um, for 3d, I run, um, go tip, uh, 30 X's for indoor. I run go tip triple X's. I got a, I run B stinger bars. I got a 30 inch in the front, uh, 15 in the back. Um, currently running both finger scopes. Uh, I run a six power and, uh, I shoot I I was running a new CBE access site. So uh damn right now everything seems to be clicking for me. What what type of a release? You shoot a hinge, a button? Now I I shoot a I shoot a button. I'm shooting a Scott uh, uh what am I shooting? I'm shooting a, I'm shooting a Scott button. I can't even cave the name of it. <laughs> I've had it, I've had it for so long, I I, I shoot it and and honest, I switch back and forth between a couple of buttons. I know I shoot a what I shoot a Scott. Is there's a, an abyss? I don't shoot the abyss. At one time, I shot the abyss for True Ball. Now True Ball. Oh, that's right.
0: That's a True Ball.
2: They I, I shoot the Scott Apex. I'm sorry. That is. Yeah. That's I shoot the Scott Apex. There's there's so much. I've, I've shot so many over the years, David. I I forget sometimes.
0: Well. Let, let, let I got one question on my mind that I watched the, the video of the cam recording of you guys doing your shoot off and there was something that I caught and I, and I think I know the answer, but I want to ask, I noticed your loop is extremely long. And is it because it's the, it's the draw, right draw length out front and then that gets you your anchor where you want it? Or is it because of the way you had your hand flat and the way that you, you release it? How, how come you got a long loop? Well, there, there's actually a few
2: reasons for that. One, I like to shoot a long loop to uh, keep that, keep the fletchings away from my face. And um, the long loop also helps with the, uh, with strain torque on the release. And two, normally once I get my bow set, I can fine tune my draw length a little bit with my loop as well. So it, it's really got several several advantages, but I like to shoot a longer loop. It just seems to be more forgiving for me.
0: I I, I absolutely get that, and I, I like to do that myself as far as the loop length tuning that, but I didn't know if it was bow specific or that's something you've done for a long time.
2: Well, I've flirted
0: with different
2: – I've shot some short ones and some long ones, but uh, I felt like I I got extra face contact with those short ones and really trying to get into them. It's just easier to develop an anchor point with a longer D-loop, or it is for me.
0: Well, all right. We appreciate you going over your, your setup there. Let's just start with this weekend. Um, when would you show up? What day?
2: Um, well, normally I, we try to get there Wednesday night. And that way we have day uh, Thursday to kind of go shoot. You no know, acclimate go get some targets in you know and go visit everybody i mean go go to the booths visit everybody you know in our troop we got friends everywhere you go and you'd see friends when we travel and we go, we want to go see them and just kind of get ready for the tournament not just have to get there wake up and, and go shoot you know it gives us a little time to get there and get acclimated
0: so okay you're there wednesday evening hotel uh, bed and breakfast type thing uh, me, uh,
2: money wise, hotels is the cheapest. Um, most guys I travel with, we kind of we're kind of underneath the the same thought that it's just a place to sleep. I mean, we most time we don't we go shoot, we go eat, we go hang out with other archery friends. We get back to the hotel. It's just a place to take a shower, go to bed and sleep for the night. You know, and get ready for the next day.
0: Yep. All right. Now this weekend was a little different than I think most of the tournaments that you travel to due to the weather.
2: How? how Go ahead, Dave.
0: No, no, you go right ahead.
2: Oh, um, yeah. You know, we get, we're coming in there and we've been in Oklahoma, been in triple digits heat and not haven't seen a raindrop in three weeks. And we get about 40 miles outside of Coleman and it's raining so hard. We had to pull over a couple of times and, uh, You know, then it just keeps raining. The next day we get postponed, and we finally get to go out on the range at three o'clock, and which most time isn't a problem. But there was a cloud cover, and man, about the last probably five targets, it got dark in the woods. I'm just it got it got tough to tough to see and tough to aim. Um, And I was fortunate about I think I hit the last three out of five twelves. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna give. no props or props are due, and that's because the guys I was shooting with put put good arrows in there before me.
1: I've heard that Coleman, the ranges that the pros shoot on are typically referred to as the dark forest. So has it ever gotten to a point where going into the end of the year when your your leaves are, you know, full trees are in full bloom, have you ever opened up your clarifier aperture size any? Or do you roll with the same one all the way through the year?
2: Um, in the past, Neil, I've kind of switched on the fly because of different terrain and situations, and honestly, every time I did, it um, it come back and bit me in the rear. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. I've just kind of got a system, I, I think, that that works just about in anything. Honestly, if it's dark, it's dark, regardless. And these days, you know, as we get older, that eyesight's not great anyways. It's just going to be dark, and there's nothing I can do about it, but – you, you just learn to play the game, play the hand that you're, you're dealt, you know,
1: so. I, I understand. I, I carry the whole the whole Hamski kit with me just in case. I tell myself I have that option and I've never, never been uh, disadvantaged enough to have to use it. And I pretty much for that reason right there, I think it, it would change the way I'm lining up in my scope. So I didn't know if that was something that when it gets a little cloud cover, you know, you want to go to a bigger aperture or if it's just a, pick a spot and push and pull
2: well i mean like i said in the past i had but i practice enough at home in so many different scenarios and i think i kind of develop especially my sighting system where it kind of works at any anything that's feasible to shoot in anyways you know because once it gets so dark it doesn't matter what you got once you got a flashlight it's just not going to help
0: Chad shooting in the senior division and go along with what Neil just said. Let's be real. I'm, I'm on the top end of this senior division and it, it's real boys. It's real. Neil, someday you're going to catch up with this and we're going to, you're going to get out of bed and you're going to hope that the same muscles are aching as yesterday. Cause you already figured out what to do yesterday for them. But today's a whole new world. That knee's going to hurt the back. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. You Just think, uh, aperture kit. In a little while, you, you they ain't going to be a kit big enough.
1: <laughs> she, shooting with the uh, with the entire aperture just pulled out of it, just shooting it with the ring. Yeah,
0: that's right. We'll get there. Right.
1: We'll, get there. we'll get there. I hear you. Um, well, so y'all had y'all had quite a bit of
2: weather to contend with Friday and really just Friday. I mean, w- once it finally moved out, um, it was. It was pretty smooth sailing. I mean, we had some cloud cover, which I wasn't complaining about. It kept the temperatures down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Even, even Saturday morning, the temps were nice, especially compared to here at home. And But by the time the shoot down the road around, man, it was hot and, and humid, and it was, it, was, it was muggy out there.
0: Well, Friday, you're, you're delayed. What's your normal shooting time on Friday? Um, we normally shoot at, at, at 9 on Fridays. Okay, and now it's three. So there is several hours difference from Thursday to your plan to start at nine. You go through, I'm sure, a regimen. You've got what you eat, you drink. Let's be real. But your body is is trying to get ready for that nine um, o'clock blast off. And then you're told, let's hold off. Let's delay. Let's wait. Um, Do you do anything different? Do you try to throw a bag up at the hotel um, or do you even stay at the hotel or do you go out and sit in the parking lot and just kind of wait for the the all clear well it, it really changes the whole thing
2: yeah honestly if in the mornings when i shoot I, I don't eat breakfast i don't i don't eat because i i don't know it just i don't want, want it to affect anything because you eat too much sugar gives me the shakes and stuff and So the first thing that we did when we found out that we wasn't going to shoot early, we went to Denny's (laughs) and and I had a grand slam, you know, so I thought, well, you know, we don't shoot till three o'clock. I got time to, to eat. And and then, you know, we went back to the hotel for a little bit. Then we went shopping. We went and spent some money there in Coleman. And, uh, and then we got out to the, to the range. I think we went out about one o'clock things had finally cleared out enough and the rain had stopped and, I wouldn't slosh through the the mud to shoot the bags for a little while, and kind of just make sure everything's on. Get loose, you know. These old muscles get loosened back up. Get get the frame of mind going, making sure things hit behind the dot. And uh, yeah, it kind of mess messes with your normal routine. Yeah. What kind of uh, what kind of fiber are you shooting? What kind or what size? Size and color. Um, I shoot I shoot green. I shoot a nineteen okay okay um, I used to shoot a uh, a 10 but as Dave said the uh, you know the is real that 10 got real small and I couldn't make it big enough to see sometimes so I mm-hmm. had to go to a 19 and eventually I may have to go to a 29 who knows but for right now I still see that 19 pretty good there you go i've I've had trouble seeing my
1: my pin on the white bags all year and when i'll go when I'll go hit those practice bags at the proms it's Pretty much just like blank bailing. I mean, you can see it as it passes through that black dot, but when it fades out on that white, it's like, well, might as well just get a couple of, you know, 10, 15, 20, 20 errors in and hope to go get on some foam because just really visibility is pretty, pretty nil at uh, shooting a a 10 with a blue in it, but it it lights up great. It just doesn't show up on white. So
2: I don't know. No, I've been there. Um, I used to shoot blue fiber on a white bag mm-hmm. it, it, or even a really bright target it, it bleed out on me and that's one reason i went away from the blue fiber as much as as good as it is as much as, as i can see it on other animals at times it would bleed out on things and i saw so i went back to a green but i run a blue light to that green it just seems to be brighter
0: there you go so you're out there your your group showed up you're you're starting out how did it start and in- How'd your shooting start? <clears throat> well, um,
2: Friday evening, honestly, it, it started off slow. I think, I remember right, David, I, I had two 12s in the first 10 targets. So, you know, it was one of those shooting around, I'm shooting 10s. Seemed like I was just shooting above the below, above the, the lowers and below the uppers, you know. And uh, finally, I, I think I gained, what was that, first day, 14 up, I believe. I think I hit five out of ten of the last ten targets, and it just kind of, I guess you know, you get settled in and finally get things hit behind the pin a little bit, and and it, and it just starts working like that. It just seems to <clears throat> kind of come and and flow. Sometimes you you get the flow of the game going, you get to feeling good, and you hit a few, it just kind of turns everything
0: on and kind of changes the mentality a little bit for you. Well, you mentioned the 12s there. Are you the style of a shooter that goes at one style only and only on a certain circumstance you'll bounce to another one? Or does it – doesn't matter to you. You literally just wait till you see what you can see.
2: No, that's um, – I'm not one of those guys that shoot all uppers. I'm not one of those guys that shoot all lowers. I mean, we've all – shot very much 3D. You'll step up, you know, to your group and this guy say, hey, I'm shooting all uppers today. I'm only one shooter lower if I call it. I don't determine that till I get to the target. Depends on what I can see. Depends on if there's already arrows in the target that I can aim off of. And and if I'm leading the target, it really goes off the target, the distance, and, and what I can still see these days. What
0: grasshopper is where? That's right. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's me right there. Carol. So it was a late night. You know you got to start off early the next morning. Um, you get back or you finish your day. There is no one there in the village. You know that. You get back to the hotel. Do you do you eat? Do you how's your nightly routine? How did it change? Well,
2: the only thing that changed was the time that we normally eat. I, and I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or if I'm just kind of watching my physical condition a little better these days. But normally I try to eat tweet before six p.m. Well, you start shooting at three, you're not done until after six, and uh, you know, we leave, we get done, and I tell um, Scott, Scott, Rowe, the guy who's traveling with me, I said, "Let's, I'm ready to eat now. Let's let's go straight to. I don't need a, a shower or anything. Let's just go eat. I'm starving." So uh, you know, we go eat, and then uh, and, I, and I honestly, I, I try to eat kind of a lot that night because I knew it was going to be an early morning. Didn't want any indigestion that night. That that struggle's still real, and uh, so the only thing that really changed up for me is um, the time that I ate, You know, honestly.
0: Okay, just kind of curious how you handled the nutrition factor of that because that the mental there's there's parts of this game that really isn't talked about a lot, and and that's the reason I was asking asking such a generic question about that no, I mean, you're absolutely right i have a especially on shooting weekends
2: i mean like i said in the mornings all i want is a little bit of coffee and then i will whatever i eat just what snacks i put in my bag i don't ever have a heavy meal then in the evenings you know we get done i like to go eat before early for sure before seven you know and have a relatively light meal just you know no heavy carbs or anything i I just want some protein maybe some light carbs and and once the summer starts then i'm just i'm just pounding drinks i I just want to be hydrated and uh and try to keep the sugar to a minimum man that used to didn't seem like it bothered me when i was younger but now um man sweets and stuff just give me the shakes when i'm shooting so i just try to avoid those especially on shooting weekends so that's a lot i mean you, you do the studying and stuff and it, it can definitely make a difference in, in how you perform.
1: Yeah, I agree. I've noticed that a lot this year when you get, you know, Monday through Friday, you work all day and you go shooting in the evening times. Coffee ain't a problem. It's been hours, but you get out there Saturday morning for a seven thirty or a nine o'clock start time. And you have your, you know, cup and a half, two cups of coffee, get a little excited and get a little shaky. So definitely trying to, uh, half cup, half, half cup of coffee. And, you know, you can,
2: you can shoot with a little headache and go get you a soda afterwards. No problem. But you get out the heart, there. and The heart rate happens. will go up a little bit too much of that caffeine too.
1: Yeah. And it just, it just doesn't have enough time to settle down. So I've had a few of my, the, the few and far between good weekends I had this year were ease off the ease off the caffeine early on. It'd be, it will be all right. Um, just running on pure adrenaline
0: out there. Well, Sunday rolls around. What peer group are, are you in to start with? Do you, do you remember what group? Well, normally, I'd have been in
2: the, the first group, but they kept the uh, Shooter of the Year guys together in the first group at the Classic. So I, mm-hmm. I, was on, I was on stake number two. And you know I might have made that group, but I'd, I had missed Illinois um, because I'd, had a, I'd gotten a, like an infected of sack in my hip, and I couldn't walk. Oh. And, I sure, and I sure couldn't ride for 10 hours. I mean, riding just would kill me. And I I really thought I was shooting my bow better before Illinois than I was heading to Coleman to the Classic. But, you know, I, <clears throat> things happen, and I just – I couldn't get to Illinois, so. Yeah.
0: Well, Sunday's going on strong, and everybody's now watching. Um, what's your head saying to yourself? <laughs> That's the big thing. Um so many times I've I've
2: let my mental side of the game take me out of the game. And I've just been working this year especially, but I kind of started last year about just being mentally stronger and continuing to shoot the game that I practice every day when I'm out here practicing. And that's just, um, especially in, in known distance, it's shoot without fear. I, I'm shooting at every 12. I'm trying not to break a shot that don't break in the 12. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to mentally prepare myself – In this game, to compete, um, even at the senior division, I mean, you've got to shoot a good 12 count. You can't hit 12s not aiming at them. I mean, this is known distance. I I can't misjudge one and fall into a 12 here. So, uh, it's just being being mentally stronger, just making myself um, try to shoot without fear and without worry. Um, Just focus on, you know, just focus on my form, what's getting me there, and not worrying about the score, honestly. Once you you put worrying about – your score, and just focus on the shot process. It just seems to work out better for me.
0: Well, let's finish out the weekend. You get the shoot finished. The your forties done. You know where you're setting, and you're setting good. But you're not setting where you went for you. You're you're trying to finalize this for for Chad Hillburn Elite Archery. You're trying to trying to get that crown now. There was a time frame between you finish your round and the shoot-off. What does Chad go and do?
2: Well, you know, I know where I'm at. I, I, I'm not where I, I want to be, just like you said. Uh, but I, I know I'm setting in second. I'm eight points behind the leader, Randy Morocco. And Randy's a great guy. He's a great shooter. And I just to be honest with you, David, at that point, I didn't think I could catch Randy in the shoot-off.
0: Were you both shooting good, or did one of you have an oops in there? Well, we were both shooting good, but Randy hit like
2: the last eight out of ten 12s to get him to where he's at. So, he, he was on five. Yeah. He was on five coming off the range, and I thought, man, so I'm shooting good, but he's got eight points, and I've got five targets to make up eight points, and I I'm, I know Randy's probably going to shoot at least three 12s is what I'm thinking. And at Kentucky, I'd made a shoot off, and I'd come in third, and I got over the aggressive, and I shot myself off the podium. So i go, I'm going into this one. I said, I'd kind of conceded I probably couldn't catch him, but I was going to let things play out. But I was also going to try to protect a a podium finish. And um, so that was my mindset there. And I was trying to, you know, get myself ready to go out and shoot aggressive, shoot strong shots, shoot my game, and just kind of let the cards fall where they fall. And uh, luckily for me, after the first shot – Randy had some equipment issue and shot that nickel. At that point, I changed my mind a little bit and I was like, this is a ball game now. I, I shoot a, I shoot a couple of bonus rings here and you know, I, I've got a chance to win this thing, you know, and and in the shootoff, you really have, I mean, you got five targets and it's a you really gotta manage and you really gotta be looking at what the other guys are doing. So it kind of determines how you're gonna play that
0: that game. And um, the, the game the changes part. a little bit there, doesn't it? What'd you say? I said the, the game changes just a little bit there, doesn't it?
2: Yes. And, and, and you've got to be ready. And you get on that shoot off and, you know, you have to be ready to change it if the situation changes. And, you know, I, I shoot the second one. I shoot my first target. I'm just low of the upper 12. And Randy shoots a nickel. So it's a three-point game at that point. You know, I shoot the next target for the lower 12. And I shoot over it, for 10 still. And he shoots an eight. So it's a one point ball game there. And uh my third is that 28-yard odd with a 14 the size of a Coke lid, you know. And uh Scott told my morale, I said, I'm shooting this 14, I hit this 14, I'm taking the lead. And uh so you know, I just pulled back, I just I just patiently let it sit, and I finally pulled through and I hit it. And you know, at that point and took the lead, I'm thinking, I'm I'm my arrows are falling pretty well, and everybody else is chasing. And I, I said, I'm not going to get stupid, but I'm, I'm sending some more bonus rings here. You know, and I backed it up with a 12 on the coyote. And uh, at that point, I think I had a six or seven point lead all of a sudden. Uh, Randy's struggling with some equipment issues. The other guys are far enough back that they were gunning at 14s and things and hitting eights and nickels. And, and then at that point, after the coyote, it kind of started sinking in. Man, I, I could win this thing. I can win. And sadly, when I started thinking that, um, the nerves kicked in, they were in overdrive. <laughs> so, so I'm not, I'm not there on my middle game yet. Cause I let myself lose it just a little bit, <clears throat> but,
0: uh, So how'd you pull yourself back, man? What'd you, what'd you tell yourself?
2: I, well, I got, I was like, look, I said, we can win. I said, but here's the deal. You just gotta, you just gotta focus on the shot process, shot process. Let it sit, let it make good shots. And you know, I, I felt like I really felt like the last two shots—the fifth arrow and that sixth arrow—weren't great shots. I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I I try to make a good shot, but uh, I shot both of them kind of weak. And uh, especially that sixth arrow, when all I knew I had to have was an eight, I was like, I, I didn't want, I didn't want to win on the eight. So I told him, I said, get it in the middle of that ten. You just pull through and make sure it hits a ten, and, and let's win this thing and get out of here. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, God blessed me, and and that's where it hit. So, but uh, it was, you know, I enjoyed it. It was a roller coaster ride. But also, I feel like I learned a lot from it. Still, I mean, you just look back at the experience. I seen, I seen where I kind of my, my middle game kind of dropped on me. And you know, if it'd been a closer a closer match, that
0: could have cost me in the end. So, I, I've still got some work to do. I bet everybody's middle game with the quick switch in three shots. the quick switch everybody would be staring off at that uh a scoreboard, listening to everybody around them um you know, I think you did great just keeping it right where it was, man. I watched it on t v and I'll tell you what it looked good we i I couldn't have told by watching your stabilizer or anything i couldn't have told that you was as nervous as what you just described <laughs> you know the pen wasn't bad i'll tell you the thing that was shaking the
2: most that was my release hand i could feel it shaking on my face my my pen wasn't too bad <laughs> it was that release <laughs> hand i think it was just getting edgy and wanting to want to jump on that trigger or something so well, i really think it was but
0: <laughs> well you, you you won it. Congratulations for, first off. Congratulations on the ASA Classic Senior Pro. Known, right? Known? Yep. Known. All yep. right. That's over and done with. You went and go put on a big old set of earphones. They they asked you some questions. Who was the first person you called? What was the first thing you thought of after after all that? What would you do, man? Did you go get you a slushy or something?
2: I, I always um you know, Mark and Ashley tack it with three D with Mark's three D targets. I always tell Ashley, I said, "Man, I said, so I like to go have an ice cream after and get some sugar." Gets, I said, and after Kentucky, you know, I actually dropped, I said, "I'm going to have ice cream, but I'm not going to have sprinkles because because I didn't win." <laughs> and, and, uh, and before I even had time to think, I look at my phone and, and she's she, she's me. And she's showing me a ice cream with sprinkles on it. You know, and
0: I, <laughs> that's great. That's great and uh, oh, the very first stop
2: I got me an ice cream with sprinkles on it headed out of
0: town. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. It's uh
1: it's got to be challenging up there. When you got five targets to play, you got some short ones, you got some far ones. Having to do the the quick math. Having to do the, not only where you're sitting, but where everybody else is and what, what you, what targets you have left what distances and what they're up against. And you got to kind of hedge your bet on how it's going. So that, that, that's part of the, the coolest part of a, it's already a very strategy intense game, but it's that last five or six targets in the shoot down that I don't, I don't know how you guys keep track of it. I'd have to have somebody behind me with a, scratch pad and paper, you know, even, even the announcers were like, he's only needs a 10 to win it. And I'm watching the replay of it. Like he's only got to had an eight to win it. <laughs> it's like, I think they kind of, they kind of might've forgot to carry the two there somewhere along the way. And
2: it's I, like, I, man, well, Mike Terrell screws, he, he'll mess with your head. And sometimes he says the wrong name. He tells you the wrong scores and, and you're going, you know, at times you're like, i I'm just going to look at the board and not listen to Mike because you don't ever know what might come out of his mouth, you know, but you're absolutely right, Neil. Uh, man, them five targets, I know when you're watching it on the screen, you know, it, it's it's a kind of not real lengthy time frame. but when you're shooting them, it's like you turn around and you're already on the fourth or fifth target and you're like, man, how did I get here already? Wow. And, and you know, it, it just goes by so fast. And then I really realized that in my first shoot down in Kentucky. I was like, man, gee, you turned around and that five targets is over with. And you're thinking, man, I need a, two, a couple more targets here just to get going. And uh, so I just mentally before the shoot down, I, I was looking at the targets, kind of had a plan. I was like, well, you know, everyone, I'm going to shoot the upper on this one. I'm going to shoot the lower on that one. By the time I get here, if I need to, I'll shoot at the 14 on that one. If I don't, then I'll shoot at the lower, the upper. I, I kind of had everything planned out. But uh, a bunch of that's also determined once you start what your competitors are doing, mm-hmm. and uh, it, you know it, I, it's kind
0: of i kinda, go, say it, it's kind of it, like that Mike Tyson thing. He says everybody's got a plan till they get hit in the mouth. Well, everybody's got a plan till till that first arrow's until it flies, then the plan changes, don't they?
2: A, a, absolutely. I mean that's just like I said. that first arrow. I shoot a ten. Just I was a little disappointed. I really felt like I broke it in the bottom of the twelve. But when I look over. And honestly, I look at Randy's arrow, and I I look at his target, and I can't see his arrow at all. And I asked Scott, my umbrella, I was like, did he even shoot, Chip, or did he miss? And uh, these old eyes, that arrow was low enough down there, it kind of blended into the target. And I I pulled up my binos, and it was a nickel. And then, you know, I started doing some math. and Yep. The plan has changed.
0: (laughs) The plan has changed
2: just a little bit. I mean – I absolutely. I was like that. The third target, I was like, I'm shooting a 14 on that target before I ever got to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I was like, because oh, the the second target was a fairly long deer, uh, 43 yards, I think. And I was like, mm, that that it's a 14able target, and it had a pretty good 14. But I don't need a 14 yet. I need to try to hit a 12. And I only hit a 10. But you start trying to work through your mind about what you need, and and not try And I was pretty adamant about, it. I'm not going to send you something. I'm not going to Tim Gillingham and, and start slamming at 14 when I don't need to yet. I don't want to shoot myself off of a podium here. Yeah. And, and, and it really, it worked out for me. And I mean, it. I just kind of kept my plan a little bit and, and I, I needed a little help from the competitors and I got it honestly. So.
0: Will you driving home, you, we know you already got your belly full of ice cream with sprinkles. Um, What's playing through your head? What's 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 Chad thinking? Is he thinking hunting? Is he thinking, dang, I got to go back to work Monday, or is he thinking I'm setting this bow to the side and I'm not touching it till the next 3D shoot? What, what, what are you doing? Uh,
2: uh, on the way home, uh, just really reliving the tournament season. Uh, you know, finish exactly the way you want to finish. Hey, you finished last one with the win, you're on top. But you start looking at all the arrows that got away, um, things you could have did differently to have maybe a little better season, as as a three D season, you know, and and uh, and, I, and I'm ecstatic where I'm at, but I feel like right now th- this is where I want to start a three D season at instead of finish one, and um, I, I I told Scott Travis like man I said I'm fired up I said finally new bow year I got a new I, said, I finally feel like I got the bow figured out and. And everything's shooting good. I said, I need, I need 3D season to be starting this tournament and not ending. And – uh, but uh, that's kind of where I, I was at coming home, but still on cloud nine, obviously.
0: Well, let's let's treat this like we are the um, – uh, a manager of an NBA team and we're talking to the, our, our players and we're going to release you for the summer. Well, for you, it's going to be the winter. But – so – what are you telling yourself? What do I need to work on? What, 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 what scenarios do I need to take three weeks off a break, get it out of my head? And then I'm going to work hard at this. Um, thinking back on last year on this last season, you're doing that driving home. You kind of, you kind of playing that out, but let's pretend that, that, that we're you, we're, we're the manager and, and you're you, and we're asking you, what, what do you feel like you need to work on? What can, what can the team do to help you? Uh, you know, what I, what I need to work on, I still need to
2: get tougher mentally. Um, I think that part, I've always been a pretty good shooter, um, honestly. I, shooting hasn't never been my, my, my weak point. I think my mental side of things uh, and just learning to play that game a, a, a little better, especially in a known distance side of things, every now and then I'll catch myself um, shooting safe. Breaking shots that are safe, and um, man, that, that just don't work out very well. And I, I just feel like in off season here, I need to continue to just to uh, and I think it's a confidence thing to go along with it. But I just need to work on mentally shooting without fear and without regret. And I say without regret. Sometimes when you're aggressive, you're going to shoot a you're going to shoot eight. But you no, know, if you shoot thirteen, 12s and one eight, well, that that one eight's worth. The extra four twelves you shot, and that's the mental game I've been working on. I want to, I, I want to be aggressive, and I, and I got to understand when you're aggressive, that sometimes you get some of those lower, those shots that just don't hit behind the pin. Shoot a little tall, shoot a little low. You might shoot an eight, but you might shoot four more twelves shooting that way. And that that's a, you know, that's a win situation right there. So, and that's that's what I'm I'm really going to work on for next 3D season.
0: Well, as the manager, I've got a piece of paper here, and I'm writing this down. so we're gonna find this mental management school for Chad, and we we expect you to be enrolled in it because next year we want to bring you back on for the team or the shooter of the year and the classic championship. so we we expect an enrollment coming up um, for that right there.
2: so. I, I'm ready. I'm ready to enroll, honestly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, really at the end, I, I'm going to take a little time off from the from the you know 3D bow tournament bow. I'm, I'm going to get ready for hunting season, just like most guys out there. But uh, I've already got it planned about about hunting season, about October. Um, I'm going to start getting ready for indoor. I'm I'm going back to Vegas this year. Um, I think I've got. I, Mentally, last year was my first year to ever go to Vegas, and uh, I loved it. Um, but I just – going there, I felt like I wasn't shooting my bow very well at that time. And uh, I think I am now, and I'm, I'm going I'm to work hard at indoor this year, and I'm going to use it as, as a mental builder for my 3D season. And um, I've always thought the more, the more I shot indoor during the winter months – always felt like I, it gave me a head start in the 3-D season, and it also helped you get familiar with your equipment, especially if you're shooting a new bow that year. And uh, I'm, I'm going to put a little more time uh, shooting some five spots and some Vegas rounds this year. Just, to, well, one, I, I love to shoot them. I love to shoot any venue of archery, honestly. But um, I'm, a, I'm a school administrator, so during these months, it's a little harder for me to get away. Uh, for my job but I'm, I'm gonna make a little more time to try to shoot some national events on the indoor
0: side of things that i was going to ask you do you are you 3d only or but it sounds like you do you do indoor do you any do any of the field or the target rounds i have
2: never shot a field round um i, I think i've only shot maybe one or two target rounds and honestly the couple of target rounds i shot i mean i enjoyed you shoot a lot of arrows i mean it's it, it's fun it's just you know, here in Oklahoma, there's not a lot of venues to to get to no. shoot field rounds and and target rounds. So, and I guess that's why I just haven't really shot many of them, honestly.
0: Yeah. Do you go and travel and or have you done any of the IBOs yet? I have never shot an IBO. Even back, you know,
2: when I was, I shot all unknown and everything, and always kind of wanted to shoot an IBO, but their schedule is right along with ASA and half, you know, a bunch of times it was just one weekend apart a bunch of times and just time and financially, it, it's just hard to be able to hit yeah. ASA yeah. and IBO, especially, you know, like I said, I, most of us don't shoot, don't do this for a living and we, we got regular jobs that we got to go to and we got limited amount of time off. So I just kind of picked ASA over IBO and that's kind of the venue I've stuck with for the last 20 years.
0: Well, and being a school administrator you probably have to run around a lot of evenings um going to all the the school functions as well i mean that that's yeah, not lending I mean, much much training time no and i've only been an administrator
2: for about the last three years I, i've been a basketball baseball softball coach for the the other 18 and you know and i'm your basketball season i'm i'm coaching every night and and then, you know, you don't you don't have a lot of you don't have a lot of weekdays off you know, or to travel from and I was hard on my kids. You're, you're here for practice, you're here for the ball game. So I was there for practice, I was there for the ball game. I, I didn't take days off. I just I, I wouldn't do it. You know, that that came first.
0: Okay. Okay. Now now I'm gonna put something together here. You, you got a uh do you teach uh, uh, coach boys or girls? both I've coached both. Okay. You've got a young man that that is above average. He is possibly looking for um, a ju- Juco or, or or a small college to go to and he just cannot hit the ball or he just can't make a dang free throw and he keeps telling you, "Coach, I can do it in practice, but I can't do it here." There's the mental game. How do you coach this kid that you can take a step back and coach yourself. You know,
2: <laughs> and I've also had kids like that. I I, I mean, us coaches kind of have a, a name for them, we call them, you know, they're great practice players, but they're not great in game players. Okay. And, and it's, and it's all mental. I mean, I, I've had, I've had boys and girls who man in practice, just look like all stars. And then in the ball game, they're tight. That mental game, you know, it they they're having trouble transferring it and as a coach what we do that we, we don't want to really try to change the practice we got to change the game for them and um it's all about confidence you try to put them in positions to succeed and then once they start succeed, once they have a little bit of they succeed a little bit then it changes the mentality they understand that they can win they, under, they understand that they can do that in a game situation and um normally those kids will go ahead and start blooming and, and, and they'll just get better and better for them. And, and honestly, I hope after this win, that's what happens to me.
0: <laughs> there you go. We do too. Well, let, let's take back when Neil was doing that live broadcast, um, there, at, um, OKC gun club. You were there and you won, you won that one too, right? Yeah. There you go. That was the practice for this. <laughs>
2: yeah. And it he was, called, really good he called us
0: practice. <laughs>
2: hey that was really good practice and and you know if you was watching even then i wasn't that nervous but um i managed to shoot the wrong target on the first and on the the very first
0: shot i didn't want to bring that up but yes i did notice and and there was a time (laughs) truth is truth that's that's what it is ain't it yeah and, and there was the downtime from your time you finished till the shoot off. So there was a lot of things that carried over. So yeah, your body had just went through this the weekend before. So yeah, m- maybe it did did assist with you a little bit.
2: It, it did. I used that shoot off um, to. I was like, man, we're gonna go here, and I'm gonna see if you can mentally just block everything out, shoot a very aggressive game, and um, you know, and and see how you do. It. And honestly, I I pretty much hit even the target. The wrong target I shot was a twelve. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you. I'm just gonna put that out there. <clears throat> but you know, the very next target I shot a fourteen. I, I think I hit three or four out of five bonus rings in that little shoot off. And um, you know, I just and it really it gave me confidence. Honestly, I, I was like, man, I, I I believe I'm ready if I get there again. And uh, I, that's why and them guys who set that stuff up. It's, it's great practice for it, and I, I really do appreciate it. I mean, it. I I wanted to shoot the shoot down there just in case I made it at the classic. And I, it, it gave me an opportunity to work on some of that mental stuff I've been working on. It cool. Kind of, it gave me that confidence. It really did.
0: That's good. Good. Well, Neil, what else you want to talk about? All kinds of stuff.
2: I got a <laughs> list a
1: half a mile long. Um. <laughs> In no particular order um you'd mentioned earlier this was your first year going into the new bow yep first year first year on the verdict um see a lot of people shooting them that like them i guess you could almost call this a listener question um good buddy out east scott is looking at buying him a, an elite i don't know if anybody knows scott shields shout out scott shields and He's almost ready to pull the trigger on it, and he said, "Well, a couple people sold theirs off." And I said, "Yeah, a couple people are up there sweeping podiums with them too." Um, the K fifty class had a had a elite sweep all the way across the board on there. So, if you were going to tell anybody to uh, why why you are are shooting your verdict and what you like about it, maybe kind of just walk us through it. I've heard it's a very tunable
2: bow. Um. Well, right now the the elite system is is very tunable. Um, it's, as far as getting one set up, shooting bullet holes, that's, that's not a problem. I, and really, honestly, I've tuned enough bows over the years. I haven't had a lot of problem tuning, you know, most companies' bows, just to be honest. Everybody makes a good bow out there. Um, some of them are definitely easier on the tuning side, and Mm -hmm. they made, made their system, you know, very easy to tune. I don't have to break the bow down every time and flip things around and change Top hats or whatever, but uh Did you hear that, Dave? He doesn't have to take his bow apart every time. I don't
0: either anymore. Well, oh yeah. It's oh, a yeah.
2: There's a reason we own a bow press, right, Dave? That's right. That's right.
1: He'll shoot it he'll shoot a two ninety nine or three hundred on a Vegas and text me a picture of his bow the next day. It's in four hundred and seventeen pieces. It's like I had to do it.
0: That was the old, <laughs> old that was the old bow brand, not the new one.
1: <laughs> <Hey>.
0: <laughs> oh
1: man
2: that's all right if i shoot a 300 with a low x count i'm thinking man there's something on there i've got to be able to be able to hold better on that so you know uh, which most of the time on that i'm not tearing the bow down I, i'm playing with the stabilizers more likely
0: uh, there you go I'm,
2: I'm playing with my draw length or the stabilizer trying to see what's going to pound that mill out of that three spots you know so yep, but uh, do you have a do you
1: have a separate bow you set up for indoor or do you run the same 3d rig
2: um honestly right now i'm running the same bow most of the time i'll probably pick up another verdict for um indoor i'll I'll probably just get 60 pound limbs on it i I run 65 pound limbs on my 3d rig but i really don't want to break it down i'm gonna put some new strings on it reset it up get it ready and get it shooting Every now and then, you know, we have some 3D shoots here till September or something. I might want to go shoot a little more foam, but um, I'll, I'll probably get me a new one for just for indoor. There you go. I had
1: that. I ran into that last year. tried Tried to set my forty up for indoor and going into the thirty six for 3D season. It's like, yeah, it's the same platform. It's just a, almost the same draw weight. Totally different machine all the way. So. Yeah. Got a got a second 36 to run for indoor. Just gonna be a lot of continuity. Not looking forward to uh you know shooting 62 pounds for indoor, but
2: that's what the 3D Bow Max is out at. That's what we're gonna what's what we're gonna roll with. You know, and really like when you low weight stuff, it's it's probably more about what, what you're holding at the at the back end on your holding weight. Sometimes mm-hmm. uh, man, if if a bow's not feeling right, it can be the draw length or your you went from holding 18 pounds to 12 pounds, and, man, that, yeah. that can mess up your whole aim completely. I mean, that mm-hmm. much times you get the holding weight on that back end the same as your other bow, even if you're pulling lower poundage, you'll find that bow will, will still aim for you.
0: What's your holding weight on yours? I hold about 14 pounds.
2: I yeah. mean, I, I'm not a big – I used to hold probably about 21. But, man, as I've gotten older and I quit – shooting 70 and 80 pound bows and the shoulder and elbows don't feel quite as good anymore. You know what I'm talking about, David? I've I've had lower that, that holding weight a little bit. I just, I probably, I'd like to have that about 16. I think would be about a good medium spot, but right now I'm holding about 14 and with my current setup and it's, it's holding pretty good for me.
0: I just bumped mine. I'm at 13 and a half, and this is the first full week with it, and I don't disagree. I'm so glad that I moved up, but I know I'm moving up. I'm I'm, I'm feeling it every day, and uh, I'm with you. I don't know if I would go anymore at this present time, but but my goal is to, to make a final decision by the end of September if I want to try to bump it one more time.
2: Yeah, that, I mean, because, again, at our age, you shoot should- – go shoot a five spot and you know you shoot sixty arrows. That 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 holding weight can definitely determine whether and how sore you are the next day. And and I've I've back when I used to shoot really heavy poundage and holding weight. Man, that indoors was tough. Three it wasn't bad on the three D range, but when you're shooting a lot of arrows at a five spot and or you know, I shot one target round with it, I was like, man, that that's a lot of arrows when you're holding You know, 20 pounds right there at the back. uh, You
1: find out pretty quick why your buddies won't shoot a five spot game with you.
2: (laughs) It's like, we're we're
1: shooting Vegas faces around here. It's like, oh, no, shoot that 60 arrow game. Uh, We don't want no part of that.
2: I'm guilty of that right now. I'll go to do some practice. I'm going to throw up that Vegas almost every time. That's 30 arrows compared to 60. And it's a whole lot easier shooting those three arrows in a row than it is to shoot those five. That's for sure. These days it is,
0: anyways. It's a middle win. Yes, yes.
1: I just, I, I like the way my shot process goes off after shooting some five spot because it's so big. I, I catch myself over aiming when we switch to the Vegas face because you can almost see just a little bit too much down there. And that five spot, you just park it in the middle and roll on through, follow through and let it land. Now, Vegas, it's, oh no. It dipped out of that dime-sized X. I I'm better shank it into the red, and it just it, – it'll throw you off. I'm trying to – this year my goal is to just say middle of the yellow. Just It's, it's all – the 10 and the X are all down there in the middle of the yellow. Just put it
2: in the middle. It's the same size as that white dot. Hey, Neil, that's all you got to do. Just quit worrying about trying to aim at the X. As long as that pin's sitting in the middle of that of that yellow, you got to shot, man.
1: Yep. It's there. 27 diameter will do it for you. Yeah. Um, yeah I promise you that. What else? Uh, what else? Indoor wise, are you looking at hitting this year? Didn't you? I think you went maybe last year to the. Did you go to the Iowa, amp
2: pro pro am? No, I. I tell you what. What I'm wanting to do, but man, they're awful close. Just because of the time frame, I, I want to go back to Vegas. I mean, it's kind of in my blood, so that might be one of those things I do on a regular basis. Yep. Um, I'd really really like to go shoot Lancaster. But you know, Lancaster was like one weekend or two weekends right before Vegas or whatever. One. And, you know, <clears throat> some some of them bosses may not want to let me be gone for you, know, you gotta fly you gotta fly out a day or two early and get acclimated, right? Yeah, so you do. Uh, but Vegas so in- I I would like to shoot indoor nationals too. I, I know I'd have to go shoot with mm-hmm. those five those dirty five spot targets, but <laughs> I I think um I think it'd be fun. It's. I'm
1: gonna try to do everything we can to schedule our ASA qualifiers around indoor nationals, so I don't have to pick and choose. Um, it was hard, hard decision missing it last year. Hated, hate to miss Louisville. Um, can't miss, can't miss Vegas anymore. Got married out there, so that's the anniversary trip every year. Planning that one out.
2: Perfect. And uh, you notice that wife don't mind going to that Vegas trip. It's one of those. That's, oh yeah. I'll go with you, honey. You know? And,
1: oh yeah. There's all kinds. Of, I mean, we, we, just, we drive it 16 hours. Uh, no, no issue. Split it up into a couple days. Might, might take an airplane. Um, so when you go to Vegas, do you shoot the, you shoot the championship division? Cause there's no, there's no senior class.
2: No, no, there, there's a senior championship division. Okay. In fact, um, <clears throat> Sadly, when I was 49, I'm just going to tell on myself, when I was 49, man, I was shooting really good indoor. I mean, I I probably had five or six 30X rounds in practice. And, uh, and you know, Vegas is right there right before Foley.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, I was like, man, I'd, man I, I really want to go to Vegas this year, but I didn't know if my first round at Vegas I wanted to go shoot that championship round. You know, I was like, man, that's. Entry fees high. Man, there's some really great young shooters out there. You got Kyle Douglas and all them guys that just shoot a ton of X's, you know. And so uh, I, I told myself, I said, I'm going to turn 50 first. Because, you know, in the NFAA, you, it's not the year you turn 50. You have to be 50 before you can shoot the senior division. Mm-hmm. The ASA, you can shoot the senior division the year as long as you turn 50 during that year. And so, so I, I bailed on Vegas the year I was forty nine, and and just opted to go sh- to get ready for three D and go shoot Foley. So, but I, I told myself that I said next year I'm going no matter what. And sadly, I, with the new bowl, I just wasn't shooting indoors as good as I had been. But uh, I I really feel like I'm I'll be better prepared this year. It it does take. I know a lot of guys jump around for
1: with bows, and you know you can set them up quick, but personally myself, I think that it takes months to get really acclimated to one you, you can shoot it for a few weeks and get better at it but to really learn how to push and pull on one and figure out what it likes it's a it's a period of months so uh, I hate to see guys jump around as much as they do and not have that uh, have that continuity with one bow, one platform, axle to axle, whatever it may be it just I feel like people don't give them enough time. But I shot the I shot my 2014 for like 15 years, just too cheap to go buy a new one. But I knew I knew exactly what it liked, um, and still still out there searching for that sweet spot.
2: Yeah, no, you're you're right, and you know and I'd been shooting the Elite Result, and me and that bow had jailed really well. Mm-hmm. When the verdict came out, you know they they changed the whole platform. It had a different riser, um, it had a different cam, and <clears throat> it just didn't set up the same. I, I mean, my stabilizer setup's different. Um, I even changed my draw length a little bit with it. Um, You know, the grip's a little different, and it just, my consistency, you know, it was like, it just, I, I was always playing and changing things, So because by the time I'd gotten my verdict, um, you know, season was, was starting. I mean, Vegas was getting ready and everything, and you know, I like to I like to put a lot of arrows behind the bow and play and play with you know play with different stabilizer setups. I bet you I've been through fifteen different stabilizer setups and uh, and, and uh, I, I think I finally got something that I'm comfortable with and and obviously it's uh it's it's been shooting really good for me for about the last two months. Just out of curiosity, what are you running on the front
1: and back? You said you got a thirty and a fifteen. Yep. Yep. All
2: right. What about, how about, how about ounces Do you, uh, Um, in the past, I normally didn't run much weight out front. Um, and I, and I, and I tried that with the verdict and it was kind of a hit and miss. And I I think I've got like nine or 10 on the front now. And, uh, it's almost, uh, a two to one. I think I got 20 on the back Yep, and, uh, for me. I, I just thought I've always had more weight out to back and not much out front. I, I just, I always thought, man, I can't hold the front of that bow up if I get too much weight out there. <clears throat> but it, what it's really made me do is keep strong in my shot and uh, really settle the pin down for me.
0: Okay. Neil, is that about all you got? Yeah. I mean, just kind of
1: curious what what you want to see at the state level. As far as getting warmed up for once, 3D season rolls back around. Um, talking about qualifiers, state shoots, triple crown doesn't necessarily have to be ASA. But what do you want to see out of a out of a tournament schedule early on in the year to help you get ready for the early season? Foley, Fort Benning, stuff like that. How do we how do we put on good events here at the local level? That I mean it's it's not the it's not the pro am environment. You know, it's a totally different. Seen there, but what can we do locally to get everybody prepared and get everybody involved?
2: Um, You know, honestly, uh, as far as me preparing, and it's it's changed so much over the years, especially on the 3D side of things. And and, no, I used to run a range myself, and uh, maybe especially on the qualifier side of things, you might kind of, especially getting those ready for the pro am, you might look at your qualify your where your qualifiers are at and the terrain that they use to maybe help prepare the shooters who are going to the pro-am. If if this range has a certain type of terrain that matches Foley, let's say kind of open and flat, let's have that, let's have that um, qualifier right there before Foley. You know, you go to, which we don't go to Kentucky this year. We got a new, we're going to Tennessee instead, but you know, uh, go to Illinois, something's got some big open hardwoods. And I know we can't do that for, I mean, we could we could try, and I know it may not work out for every tournament, but uh, something that who's setting up the qualifiers might look at. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: He personally, then on the like the state championship on ASA, and I know we need to share the wealth on everything like that. But <clears throat> normally, uh, my thought was always the the state championship should be more centrally located. Um kind of make the, the travel to the state championship kind of the same for everybody. I, and I know you'd have to give it to the same two or three ranges all the time, but I always thought, well, maybe if you said this range out here in the Northeast, is their a year to hold state? Well, maybe they come down and use, let's say, Trospers range and they just do the work for them or something, you know, just to keep it centrally located and, and let the, most of these ranges could work together like that. Um, triple crown, uh, I really liked it just because once you get in a pro division and you're going out there shooting qualifiers and stuff, many times I get there, I'm out there shooting without any competition. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what I like to do is, uh, you know, fortunately for the Triple Crown, y'all didn't have a pro division, so I jumped in there with the young guys and shot with like Lawson and them, guys, them young kids who can shoot, I mean, who can flat shoot. And I got in those groups and started shooting, and I was like, this is what I want. I mean, these guys. I, I've got to shoot. I've got to shoot my rear off to to compete and, and win against them. And uh, you know, at, at my level, I was like, man, this this I want to shoot with them young guys who are shooters who who push me. I mean, as as a competitor, it's hard to get better when you go shoot a tournament format if you don't got guys who shoot really good who can really push you. I, that's that was. I really like that that option for me and the, in the triple crown that I got, I just jumped in with the young guys. Nobody complained. And, and, uh, I got to shoot to get some guys who could really shoot. And that young, you know, some young guys can hold a bow. They got great eyes. And it, 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 it was really fun shooting and competing against them again, honestly. So I really enjoyed that. I I always like seeing the
1: peer groups for our buddy. We're talking about Slauson by it, up out, out of Stillwater. And, uh, See these guys he shoots with and you know they're they're cruising along 16 18 20 up and he shoots drops a what was it 36 up at Foley this year and guy's jaws on the floor he's like this kid don't miss I was like well he beats me every weekend welcome to my world <laughs> we we get him every weekend of the month man and you only have to deal with him six times a year I, I ain't got no sympathy for you
2: <laughs> no, no we we've got some really good young shooters here in Oklahoma and in, in the area and you know, I, I think it's good for them to shoot against shoot against me. You know, a veteran guy. I mean, i am mm-hmm. shooting with them. Obviously, them got kids and shoot. Sometimes their mental game or maybe their um, course management might need a little tweaking. And a bunch of times, whether they want it or not, I give them I give them a little bit of advice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's but, always
1: always appreciated ahead. for. For just the, the people that haven't been shooting, maybe never shot ASA or maybe never shot, you know, any type of competitive 3D. I I think this is my third full year doing it. I showed up two years ago with no back bar and my sight tape written on a post-it note and, and drove my buddy Dan Gaston up a wall. <laughs> it just He's like, is that a cut chart? And I was like, no, that's my 20, my 30, my 40. If it's, you know, 25, I just kind of do some quick math there and dial it in. I think I shot half a season before I figured out the upper and lowers was on a diagonal. I thought it was just high and low. I didn't know they were slanted. So, you know, you you get people out there like that that if you if you try to learn them up and make it, you know, make it fun for them, they're going to come back. They're going to be hooked. I mean, it's it's a it's a very addictive sport and the better you get at it, the more you realize, dang, I'm I'm really just not that good. I could do I could do so much better. And that's what – I feel like that's what drives a lot of people. It's a, it's a competitive sport. It's individual. A lot of people come from a, like a team sport background where it's like, yeah, you know, the right fielder dropped the ball and we lost. it. Nope, it was me, 100% <laughs> every time.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and them individual games, it's all about what you do. You can't blame it, well, We could always blame the equipment, but, you know <clears> – <throat> Most you're of the time, not shooting three d uh, until you say my tape's off
1: or, or <laughs> my, or, or, my,
2: <laughs> my strain stretch. I think I lost two yards, but my strain stretch, but I've been yeah. shooting in triple digits for a month, but this tournament, my strain stretch, you know, and got be there. we We all have those excuses.
1: <laughs> the The new one now is my pin knocks exploded. that's the that's the one everybody's everybody's using now is. Uh, yeah, I was shooting seventy six pounds on this tiny, tiny piece of plastic jammed in between two metal and three hundred foot per second of force, and oh, shocker, it 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 just didn't it didn't hold up very long. Well, yeah, I could have told you, but
2: yeah, I, I don't shoot pin knock so
1: there you go. See, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's about all I have buggy about. Um, I sure appreciate you coming on and you know kind of walking us through some of your your processes and. Really glad you uh, got that that end of the year. I know it's I know it's it's not just another pro am. It's it's the classic. Everybody says it's the you know it's the one you want to win the most that that last one. So we're sure we're sure proud of you, and you know we hope you take that momentum out next year and come out swinging early.
2: Well, guys, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a confidence builder,
0: and um, ho- hopefully we can start things off a little quicker next year. I'm going to throw a loop into this that no one was expecting. Okay. Um, and I am fixing to inject you full of truth serum. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and they have to be truthful. You're going to have to answer these truthful for everybody out there. All right. All You're right. injected. It's blowing flowing through your blood. And now here it is. Are you a hot dog or a bratwurst person? I'm a hot dog. All right. What, what do you prefer on it? A ketchup, mustard? What's your hot dog preference? Uh,
2: my hot dog is a uh, pickle relish, mustard, and
0: ketchup and cheese. Well, believe it or not, the second question was about ice cream, but we're going to skip that since we kind of already know about your ice cream and I need to get a question in before this truth serum wears off. All right. Are you a beer person? a teetotaler or a whiskey sipper i'm a teetotaler teetotaler you like it sweet or unsweet
2: these days i'm a half and half guy just to be honest with you
0: (laughs) all right well i just kind of let everybody know who old chad hillburn is why don't you just give us a quick rundown if you got any socials you can push out or and tell everybody all your sponsors if you yeah we need to we need to keep everybody going here
2: well, uh, my big sponsors the T.O.G. Group that the, has Elite Bows, C.B.E. sights, um, Scott releases. Um, you know they're carrying arrows now, which I shoot. Go tip arrows. Um, I shoot Bowfinger scopes. Um, I shoot. I use the Bowfinger. Um, you know you have V bars and my disconnects are all from Bowfinger. Um, I shoot an auto lot um, from Allen. Bullard out of Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else I got going here? I shoot Hamsky arrest. And social
0: media's. Up. What do you got for social media?
2: Social media. Well, before I, I shoot toad bow strings out of Tyler Carey out of. You're fine. I, I didn't want to leave Tyler out. I mean, he makes a great set of bow strings.
0: Sorry about so that. Yeah,
2: me. I'm not a big social media guy. I mean, I Facebook it. I don't have TikTok. I don't have Twitter. Um uh facebook youtube is it, about it honestly i'm i'm an old guy you know so <laughs> uh, I, I, I i probably should have that to you know help boost my sponsors and stuff but uh and honestly the only reason i have facebook is so i can find out where boat shoots are at and to see how see the big gear being killed out there
0: <laughs> well all right Chad, we really, really appreciate you taking some time. This has went a little longer than probably what you expected, but we were both just made of good questions, and we just wanted everyone to hear what what it's like to to, to go out there and shoot in the, the big arena and and come home with Victor. Um, as as Neil said, uh, I know everybody in Oklahoma is proud of you. We're proud to, to call you a friend, and we'll see you on some indoor shoots this year.
2: I hope to see you on the line, David. I really do and I, 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 I appreciate it enjoyed it
0: you bet everybody go like and subscribe uh, you can find us on just about everybody out there on ever um hosting network there is um this will be another great one um so that's all i got see ya